Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 46. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be looking back on the second month of the 12 Song Challenge, dissecting the classic song, O Lord, Hear My Prayer, and considering how to write one verse wonders, as well as responding to your tweets, posts, and emails. Sam, do you like how I did that with a slightly more enthusiastic radio voice? <laughs> You've been on a course. Do you think I should, maybe I should go on a course? Radio presenters great job, great mate. have a way of talking as if their voice has been compressed from the off and it comes out <laughs> like this. Everything's the same volume. I know somebody who talks like that. I'm not Do you a- know people who talk, I'm not going to name any names, but as if they're on the main stage at New Wine? <laughs> What's that? That's a how good one. That, then? Cool. How does that work? And they make everything very dramatic and it has a lot of rises and falls and then they pause every now and again to see if you cry and it's like dude i'm right here (laughs) that's not me it's definitely not me hey i um listened to your podcast this morning oh cool now for listeners who are wondering what's going on sam tell us about your new podcast we have a new podcast called pause pray and the idea is uh that we you know sarah and i we like reflection we like the bible we like music and we have um wanted um some sort of audio thing that kind of helps us to 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 engage with god and there are a lot of good things out there but we never really found anything that was quite what we wanted so we thought well why don't we have a go ourselves so uh, it's basically um bible-based sort of prayer reflections and i've written um kind of original music for each of them so that the the music uh at least i like it hopefully other people will as well uh and yeah, they're sort of between about five minutes and twelve. Longest are about twelve minutes, and um, yeah, we're excited about it. We've put out about four already, and we're going to put out one every two weeks, um, at least until uh, sort of the new year. Such a useful thing, Sam. I've I also have often wanted something like that. To be honest, maybe there had been stuff like that around, and I never knew. But um, I've often, especially I often take podcasts with me when I'm running. Yeah, and to have something, and that seems a bit odd to do pause, pray when you're running, but to um, it might slow me down with that very gentle music. Well, we haven't done it yet, but it's on our long list of, of ideas. I don't yeah. know whether it was you that said it, uh, is to do a, a running one. Yes. Uh, so to write a more up-tempo track and yeah. to kind of... That that would be very possible. 180 so, beats per minute. That's the okay. that's the key temp, tempo in your work. So I tried one. This, I did it one this morning before we came on air. Ooh. I thought that'd be good. Um, Excellent. And I have to be honest, I just got so distracted by listening to the um, instrumental version of God Our Father that <laughs> I couldn't quite concentrate. I going, oh, that's, oh, that's the riff. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the... Oh, that's the... No one else will have oh, that's that problem. Not, that's hopefully... Yeah, hopefully no one else will. But yeah. maybe that's like a centering meditative device that that you could use. Yeah, I mean, for us, the, the music part is quite important um, because I think some of the, the ones I've listened to before... The music has been so kind of in the background um, yeah. that it, it sort of annoys me and it's kind of wallpaperiness. So um, it, we, <laughs> we've tried to use the music to really kind of... Because that's for me, that's what I do when I pray. I, t- I often put on, you know, some sort of instrumental music in the background um, yeah. to kind of engage me. So that's that's been a big part of it. Brilliant. Well done, Sam. It's good stuff. Um, so if people want it, they can go to Engage Worship and it's links from the homepage or you can use like any podcast app and, and just find uh, search for Pause Pray. Oh, yeah. And you won't, you haven't got our problems with um, Apple Podcasts because we solved them in advance. So yeah, exactly. You could find out what we did wrong. It was all to do with pockets of packets of data and chips and stuff. Wow. Um, well, I, uh, since we last spoke, have... Um, I tell you what I did... Uh, unusually i decided to open the booking for the worship songwriting retreat next year early uh-huh. normally we open the booking in january i don't really know why normally just because i like to get some ducks in a row and stuff and, and get things sorted but there's so much excitement and enthusiasm around the 12 song challenge i thought let's get let's get it open let's start booking let's kind of have something that we're aiming for because we'll pretty much fall at the end of the challenge or with one one uh two months left to go um 
and so many people involved and engaged in it. So I thought that'd be great. And also kind of because if it suddenly filled right up, then we'd have to think about doing something else. And it would be much easier yeah. to do that if I knew that now rather than next year. So, um, listeners, plan. it is open. Four days in uh, at the end of June, beginning of July in Yorkshire. Really fantastic. Um, and we'd love you to come have a look on our website for that. Um, but also, we have franchised again, like we did last year, and Geraldine Latty, or Luce, originally Latty, now Luce, and husband Carey are leading a similar thing in Ashburnham on the south coast at the end of January, um, or beginning of February. One of those. Anyway, so so that's fantastic. There's another opportunity to songwriter treat, retreat. Geraldine is a... Um, a songwriter extraordinaire. I would just, yeah. I would get everybody to sit under Geraldine's tutelage when it comes to songwriting. Um, she is so gifted, uh, but not just at doing it herself, but at drawing it out of people. So I really encourage you on that one as well. And so that's not too far off. Um, and um, those guys are great. And I think I'm going to try and get along to at least some of that one. Um, so I would see people there. Great. But the other thing I have done. Oh, Sam. Actually, I should say, well, look, on our, it's on our website. You can find it on the website. Or um, if you click through to our, we- our podcast page, resoundworship.org forward slash podcast, for any of the episodes, there's always a collection of links to stuff that we mentioned. So that will be on there. So Matt has uh, sent us a question, which is connected to the stuff we're doing, the 12 Song Challenge, where we have this um, forum essentially we're using this thing called slack where people share their songs and feedback to one another and i guess matt's just sort of voicing a bit of his frustrations of, of how everyone's a bit nicey nicey on it and how, and how can you encourage good feedback you know he wants to know is this actually worth working on is it not um what, what do you think sam what would be your kind of i suppose in a sense your advice for matt in terms of how he um approaches the feedback that he gets but perhaps also for other people who are who are using that kind of forum yeah, I suppose for me, the the online forums are really um, a sort of necessary evil, I think. Um, ideally, I would say to everyone, find a few friends locally and do this face-to-face. And I know this has been our experience with Resound, yeah. is that when, when we've stopped gathering as a group of writers and just done the online forum, after a while, you just get really discouraged because... It can be really difficult to do it online. Um, but the reality is that a lot of people may not have local friends that they can easily gather together and get feedback from. Yeah. And so, actually, although it's not perfect, the online forums do provide at least to some sort of community where people can kind of jump on and give you another perspective on the song, which is at least the perspective of another, uh, hopefully another yeah, writer yeah. or someone who kind of understands the process a little bit. Um I do tend to think, firstly, if he finds it a little bit nicey-nicey, I would say that a really negative slew of feedback can be awful. Yeah. And so actually, you know, although maybe people are being sensitive and, and maybe um, Matt is, is, is kind of um, f- fairly thick-skinned, uh, I would say that if it was becoming a slightly sort of uber critical forum mm. I would start saying to you Joel we need to do something about the forum <laughs> pull, the plug, too... pull the plug yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and I and I, I have experienced you know that in the past of a of situations where it's all oh you need to change this and you need to change that and that's no good and and, yeah. I, and honestly that is so discouraging so I think we do need to be kind to each other uh and I would say ultimately if if you're if you're struggling with the feedback just go and find a a flesh and blood human and get and play it to them even if they're not a songwriter you know if it's your pastor if it's someone else in the worship team or a friend you know someone you trust uh get other people to sing it i I don't think that the forum can be a a replacement for you know flesh and blood human beings in the room with you it can give you some ideas it can give you some steer and some hints i think you do like you say it's Without actually having those real relationships, it's quite mm. hard to build up the trust, which allows you either to receive the critique or to give it. And, and yeah. some people maybe won't understand that. For some people, they just think, "Well, oh, just give critique." But actually, it's, in in real life, it's often just not like that. So I think 
Uh, you, you can develop it, but, you know, online relationships are real in, in one sense, so you can develop some of that and cultivate it. Um, I guess... So two things I think I would say. One, I think, is to... to uh, probably directly to Matt, actually, but to anyone who's thinking, well, how do I actually know whether I've... Is this any good, whatever it is? Is it worth working on? I would kind of say... If it is worth working on and people really think it's quite good, they will tell you. If they don't, and if you don't get much feedback on it, that probably you can probably interpret that a little as, yeah, no one seems to think this is all all that special. So I will often, you know, I've found that before. Like we've we've done this stuff. Sometimes I've shared a song and um, I've just heard a dog barking in the background, and that's all I've got in mm. terms of. And I think. Mm. Okay, yeah, no one's actually said anything because they can't think of anything nice to say. So you've yeah. got to interpret it, you, you know, yourself. Whereas if they think it's great, they will jump in and say, oh, yeah, this is brilliant. How about that? And, and so on. Um, yeah. The other thing I guess I would say to people in terms of interacting on other people's songs is just you, you can't do all of them. So just do a little, like I, I saw you were doing it um, recently, Sam, because just kind of popping up. Just go and find a bunch of them. And have a look, and just pick one thing to say, mm. one helpful mm. point, um, which mm. could either be, um, I, I love that particular bit, of you just just home in on something because that's so helpful to people. Even if you love it, <coughs> home in on something, yeah. or just pick. Have you thought about changing that line? Because that's usually much easier to take than the great big essay, which is kind of critiques every point in there. That that's easier to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're grouped together. Yeah. But but also, while we're on to our song challenge, I just I've been so encouraged by by reading through the stuff that pe- that people mm-hmm. do, the way that people are interacting with one another, the way they're offering advice, the wisdom and the insight and the and the knowledge and understanding of songwriting that some people have, even just it seems innately. Yeah, uh, you can. It's a great it's a great community. There's so so much good stuff happening. Yeah. There. Um, we also heard from Ian, uh, and this is cool. So Ian said, have you come across Topline, which is an app from Abbey Road Studios? Have you come across that, Sam? I think I downloaded it and my phone was too old for it. Oh, so, okay. Well, <laughs> so I gave up. So anyway, so essentially, a, a Topline, so in the in the kind of songwriting recording industry, a, a Topline thing is where basically you buy a backing track, effectively, and you write a Topline. So there are people who are Topline writers, who they, yeah. they, so and I think someone was talking to us about this at one point with one of our sound albums. Basically, look, can I can I can I sell the? It's Dan who'd done the the production. Do you want to sell these as backing tracks? So basically, then just someone else goes, oh, I like the sound of that. I like that rhythm. I like those. Co- oh, I'm going to write a melody and some words over it. Mm. Um, that's what happens. However, the the top line up, I think, from what I understand, it is sort of a bit built on that idea, but about being able to kind of record stuff over the top of other things. Um, but it's yeah. mark- being marketed as this brilliant songwriting app. So I thought, since Sam's phone is too old and I have not yet got around to it, what about if one or two listeners would download the Topline app and try and use it this month and then send us a, a review? We'd love yeah. to do an app review. It'll be our first ever app review on the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast. Um, so somebody do it, please. And um, we'll feedback on it next month. Or if Abbey Road wants to, like, bring us to Abbey Road to kind of have a tour of the studios and try the actual app in, you know, Studio One, yeah. then uh, uh, we'd, we'd love that too. Hashtag at Abbey Road, Abbey Road, at Abbey Road, meta details, Abbey Road, get in Abbey their Road, feed. we Abbey love Road. you. <laughs> bring us in. <laughs> do you think they do that? Do you think they listen through every podcast to see if their name comes up? <laughs> it's, I, bet the, I bet the American government does. <laughs> we know you, wow we, that got political we know you're listening Donald <laughs> um, he's watching ah, help <laughs> so where are we let's dissect the classic dissect the classic dissect the classic our classic for this month uh, is the Teze song Oh Lord Hear My Prayer um, and um it's a lovely short one. Uh, it's a different flavour to most of the other ones we've looked at, but it is sung all over the world to great effect, and it is absolutely a classic. So we want to have a bit of a think about it, see if we can figure out what makes it great and what we can learn from it. Um, Sam, I think you're going to give us a little bit of intro. Yeah, well, I mean, I sort of grew up singing this in the church. I was part of a little Baptist church, and, and honestly, I, I didn't really know where it came from and then sort of starting to hear about Teze and I sort of thought that basically this was this ancient monastic practice of singing these these um these kind of short chants but actually it's much more recent than that um the 
Teze was started during the Second World War. Uh, a Protestant priest called Brother Roger uh, bought a house in occupied France and would use it as a safe haven for war refugees. And from that point on, they have this real focus on ecumenism, as in across the denominations, yeah. and and reconciliation um, of different groups. And it, it evolved into having a primary aim of being a retreat centre for young people. And the way that the songs came about was because they were having literally thousands of young people come from all over the world. So in 1974, 30,000 young people congregated at Teze uh, for what was called the Council of Youth. Amazing. And they had this gathering, but Brother Roger uh, felt this huge disappointment that when they gathered, they couldn't kind of find a common form of worship you know he had people coming from all different denominations or different languages or different background spiritualities and there didn't seem to be a kind of common form of prayer and song and hymnody that they could all kind of gather around yeah. and so he kind of felt that that meeting in some ways failed uh, and that the community was kind of failing so they one of them went off to a monastery and, and kind of experienced a little bit of chanting and brought it back and started kind of experimenting with that. Yeah. Um, and what they realized, firstly, was that having it in Latin made it foreign to everyone. So okay. everyone who came to Teze couldn't speak Latin, basically. Yeah. So they all had to learn the new language. So together. that was good. That was actually a unifying thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they're mostly singing to begin with in Latin. Um and they were short so that they could easily be learned. Uh, and they they were short and they repeated them over and over, basically because it felt good to do it like that, which is kind of, I think, really similar to like charismatic choruses. You know, you, you've got around the same time in America, you know, people like John Wimber yeah. saying that, you know, oh, you know, praise choruses, <laughs> let's sing it, let's sing it again, let's sing it again, let's sing it yeah. again. And it kind of feels good and you kind of enter a, a bit of a zone or you kind yeah. of connect with emotions and with God and and basically Teze they they kind of stumbled on the same thing um and then they realized that they'd hit on something and so they went uh to uh, an organist and composer called Jacques Bottier Jacques. Uh, who was you know a, a classical composer uh cathedral organist and he basically um joined with the community and over a long period they spent a lot of time creating and developing these chants, yeah. which were generally kind of one-line chants um, with repeated chord progressions. And then they would also write counter-melodies. They would write yeah. parts for flutes and violins. And But at their heart, they're these really simple um, chants that can either be sung a cappella or just mm. with like a classical guitar, um, sort of, um, you know, um, accompanying them mm. um, and I've read this book most of this I'm getting from a book called the, A Community Called Teze by Jason Brian Santos mm -hmm. and he writes uh, in the prayers of Teze we find simple biblically based words that seek to unify all traditions of the Christian faith in assorted languages so as to encompass the diversity of those singing the prayers and a sophisticated yet effortless melody that invites even the youngest of pilgrims to lift their voices so that's that's kind of what they're aiming to do with and that and I guess oh lord hear my prayer is probably the most traveled yeah. one of those chants um that expression sophisticated yet effortless I'm just typing hear me now sophisticated yet effortless melodies we can that's, always hear you type we John. Can, well absolutely and and actually that that is what we those are two really good words aren't they not simple yeah. not yeah not um banal not yeah why are you smiling? I think I missed what you said. You made yourself <laughs> laugh. <laughs> because I said we can always hear you type, Joel. And you went, yeah, sophisticated melodies. Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, that's my, I've got a very noisy keyboard. It dates back to 1933. We know. So, um, We're going to start a, like a crowdfunding thing <gasps> on the podcast to get you a new keyboard. Can we crowdfund a new key, please? <laughs> the quietest keyboard. I did once Google quiet keyboards. and I reckon um, Abbey Road might send you one. Do you think if we just say Abbey Road enough? We love Abbey, Abbey Road, Road and all of yeah. their music and things they make. Um, that thing about them, I know John Bell, when he talks about different types of song, he talks about Teze and he says, oh, and praise choruses, but they're just like Teze. Yeah, I mean, it's I've read John Bell talking about how, or maybe heard him speak, and he said people often interpret the short Iona community songs as Iona song, as 
as Teze songs. So so they've got these short ones that are intended to just be sung maybe once or twice as a kind of yeah. liturgical punctuation. And yet people sing them over and over again yeah. as if they're a Teze chant. But that's actually not John Bell's aim with it. No. And you don't have to do. Well, we'll come to that in a minute. Um, let's let's analyse. Let's anal- uh, yeah, analyse this classic. So um, one of the ways you can analyse a melody of a song is to look for the strong notes and just track the movement of those mm. see what they sit over and track them so it's been interesting a, a couple of times recently I've been looking at songs with people and you, I've, we've realised looking at the melody that whilst the melody moves around a bit the strong notes are moving in parallel fifths with the bass lines and, and it just gives the whole thing a sort of hollow and slightly dissatisfying mm. movement um, uh, what's interesting here is that the strong notes the uh, oh lord Prayer, Lord, prayer, when call on me, Lord, prayer. It just goes. Just runs up. So, so actually, in in that sense, it is so effortless because it just and then just moves around a tiny little bit around those. It also has this little device where it it repeats a strong note but moves the bass line and the chord underneath it each time. So the first time it's this E minor with a B at the top. The mm. second time, it's an E minor um, over a D, but still with that B at the top. Because if you moved that E, that B down to the A, you'd have moved a parallel fifth. And you yeah. get this kind of awkward move. But yeah. instead, it then takes that sixth and moves it and then holds onto it when it comes back to the D. It's very difficult to describe without pointing mm. to it. But there's some, it's about the it's about looking at the way those, those bass notes and the melody move together and what it does is it sometimes holds the melody note whilst moving the bass line in order to create movement, harmony, and a sense of movement, even though um, the melody itself isn't moving. Yeah, there's a sort of there's a sort of sense of stillness, isn't there, to the yeah. whole thing? the The bass line is moving more than the melody. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the it's the melody staying still and the bass line moving that kind of creates that stillness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and. It's also just quite the the bass line itself is is composed. I mean, this is the thing you can see it's written by a composer, but so it is. I mean, it does have a chordal structure, but the the, the bass line so this um, boom. I don't know what note I'm singing, but this is the bottom note. So it's got that three times a little hmm. sequence in there. So it's a lovely hmm. melody actually itself. Boom, boom, boom. Do 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 boom 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 boom. Um, again, actually, some of the interest is in that movement of the bass line. A good melody in the bass to let those other notes sit over the top. Um, and then I think I guess the other thing I would say just musically is that it has um, because it's short, it has a complete sense of progression within it. It has a starting point, which is this E minor chord. It takes you all the way through to the B chord, which is the dominant chord, which you know, it just mm. longs to come back to the E minor. It's so kind of it's so pregnant with E minor, and then mm. when it goes around the cycle the next time, it then takes you home, glances off that B and lands back in in the E minor. So it's mm. in that sense, it's really satisfying because it yeah. takes you on a journey. Uh, I think that's something you can learn for for shorter songs. I, I mean, I guess I um, I focus just more on the on the words and particularly the value of singing scripture. So this is based on Psalm 102. Um, you know, Lord, hear my prayer. Do not be you know deaf to my to my cries. Um, and it does make me think. You know, what is what is in my head? What is in my heart? What's what what's kind of stored away in my memory banks? Um, you know, a lot of what we sing is our own words. It's our own reflections on God. And that's totally, you know, fine. But actually, yeah. I, I'd love to think that I have a kind of memory bank of scriptural words that I could come back to, you know, if I was thrown in prison or got stuck in a lift or, you know, and actually... It's songs like this that put scripture in my head. Um, yeah. So I think that that's that's really important. I also think that because it has the minor feel, I think that there's a sense of kind of crying out to God in the music. Um, 
you know, it's, oh, Lord, is it like a cry immediately in that kind of octave leap yep, at the beginning? Yep, yeah, oh, absolutely. Lord. Yeah. You know, it's not, oh, Lord, hear my prayer. You know, it's it could be much nicely nicer. Yeah. But actually, there's a kind of cry in that octave. There's a, a sense of kind of of being kind of down or depressed or under um kind of of trodden trodden down yeah. in the in the music and i i guess that helps as well and because then there isn't really any other content you fill the content either with you know people might intersperse this with prayers or they might have silence or they might have instrumental music time uh to kind of then you can bring whatever is going on in your life and you can kind of you know bring that to god and, and trust that he hears great stuff so would you do anything to improve it sam oh my word um well i think the obvious thing is to say oh lord hear our prayer i don't know if they ever publish that or if they yeah. if they do it like that uh i guess it's based on the psalm isn't it yeah. so but we certainly improvise that in in services oh lord hear our prayer what do you sing at the end then come and listen to us come and listen to us it's it's it, hard it's always the case us yeah. is just not as nice a word to say it's as not me. no it's that, not but that, if, it, if you're doing it for purely it as... selfish reasons it's if, if <laughs> you know in terms of just the sounds and the way it's yeah shaped yeah no, it's so. true but i think i think you know if we're using it in kind of congregational setting and where, where we're praying it seems to make more sense at least to, at one point switch it to it, yeah. yeah our prayer come and listen to we <laughs> 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 I've I've got a three-year-old. <laughs> Let's reflect on October in the Twelfth Song Challenge. Twelfth Song Challenge. We had some feedback again this month that we got the uh, the volume of Twelfth Song Challenge jingle just right. So thank you very oh, excellent. much. Do you remember well, we, we nearly made someone crash the car last time? We live to serve. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Um, in October, the theme was eco songs. You had to try and write a song um, about creation, nature, themes of ecology. Um, we put out a bunch of ideas for how you could do that. Things to do with our responsibility within it and calling out to God and, and etc. Um, and we've had loads of songs written by people. Uh, really exciting to see. Um, the thing that struck me, well, two things struck me. One was that almost everyone said, well, this is hard. One guy said, this is outside my usual wheelhouse or something like that, which I assume <laughs> means. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I love it. I love idioms from other countries. You just like, I have no idea well, where it comes from. But I understand. Maybe he was I literally, he could have been literally sat outside of his wheelhouse. What is a wheelhouse? I don't know, but it sounds good. It's Wherever like on the porch. Could... <laughs> you know, he's got all his wheels in there and he's like, here I am outside my wheelhouse. <laughs> we don't know what a wheelhouse is. Um, <laughs> but isn't it great? Idioms like, I know exactly what he meant. So that, that, absolutely fine. Um, he then commented that I'd used the expression brill, which he'd never seen before, which I suppose is uniquely, um, it's a bit, it's not, it's a little bit twee in a very English sense. Um, but everyone said, I found this really hard because I just, Either I never really think of writing songs about this or I just never even think about this. So in that respect, I thought, yes, we have done a good thing here because we've got a whole bunch of songwriters who write songs and and Mm. for a bunch of them whose churches are singing them thinking, how do I address this theme in the context of our song worship? That's Mm. really good. So I'm so encouraged about that. But the other thing that struck me was that they were almost without exception really long. And mine was and yours is. Yeah. loads of work we just wrote loads of words um yeah why do you think that was sam why did we write well, I, so many words i suppose because with other topics you've got all of this other backstory in your head you know if you write a song about the cross you could write a really simple song that says you know thank you jesus for your for your sacrifice yeah and most christians would immediately have like a whole you know, wealth of songs and prayers and sermons and Bible passages that they'd read on it and thought about it. So you you can afford to do that because this is such a, a you know, um, a rarely talked about subject in church. Um, we end up having to put a lot of content in to say, well, this is what I want to say about ecology or yeah. about the planet or about creation because, you know, otherwise you fear either people will just completely not understand your song or they'll misunderstand it and they'll think you know that you're taking a certain position that you're not 
Yeah, I I think as well. There's something of um, that there is a very thinly veiled implied criticism in all this. I mean, it's not even you know they a lot of the songs are critical of us and our role, yeah. and therefore, as you present them to people to sing, it's like saying, "Right, you lot, you're terrible." Um, and so you feel like I need to wrap that up in some more words, so we get and, and it, which makes a lot of sense. Just so we get, let's start off by singing about how great creation is. Let's start by, yeah. and we've all done that a bit um, before we get to the bit which is actually a bit the gristle that we've got to chew mm. on, and it's actually mm. a, a bit tricky to hear or a bit tricky to sing. Should we have a listen to one from yeah uh, somebody else? So I picked one out this month, and I picked out um, one from Helen Pollard. Um, now Helen says this is the second song she's ever written crazy um so either a genius or a liar i'm going with genius <laughs> she's lying. Um, but because well let's let's have a listen to it Go Helen. Second song ever. That's crazy. So good. That's like better than my 80th song ever. <laughs> um, yeah, well done, Helen. I mean, there's so much, there's so much that's good about it. Uh, one of the things that um, people who are new to writing songs often struggle with is just having a, a sense of structure to it, a, se- mm. a sense of, and yet this from Helen has a really, you know, it, it's quite simple because it's very, it's quite a lot of repeated of the same melody. But it has a, a structure in that it re- it does a repeated thing, then it does a variation on the third time where it modulates, and then it comes back to something that's familiar. Yeah, um, that is key. And I've I've done this a couple of times when I've been um, commenting on people's songs um, on Slack this month. It's just saying this song has a really good structure, and then sort of feeling like I need to say that isn't damning with faint praise. That is well done because that's a big part of the battle when it comes to writing yeah. songs. Is writing something that just totally. holds together in totally. itself. And I think that 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 um you know lines five and six where it modulates yeah you know it's so easy to do that badly or in a way that it's just oh you're just trying to be clever musically there and it doesn't feel like that to me at all it feels like a really fresh like boom yeah like oh this is great and it's easy to sing and then she you know goes back into the into the sort of the the main tune again for the last two lines I, th- I think that's so well done and it really makes it stand out someone did say um and I think that's right, Tom DiGiovanni said um, that because that is so 
boom as a moment then those lines really need to have weight to them yeah because you're going to be drawn to them yeah Um, so it may be that she wants to just go back and think am i saying because this is clearly the high kind of high point crescendo of the yeah the song so what what are you saying there and does does that are those lines lyrically you know really living up to the music yeah, which actually, you know, the first verse, the voice of the maker shattered the silence. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> yeah. But then, I suppose you then look at the next line, sunlight and starlight, water and wood, and you think it it, it peters out a little bit in terms of its um, grandioseness. Yeah. Um, and so you might look at that and just say, this is like this is the the yeah this is the nub of the whole thing. Really nice. Yeah. And actually, we tore up the forests, poisoned the oceans. It really really drew attention to it there as well. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, sort of the little musical device in there is is putting lots of little tensions in do do so you start tension oh, to resolve yeah. the tension yeah. resolve tension yeah. resolve tension resolve do 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 tension resolve do yeah. do do um, which gives you kind of little little echoes of musical theatre in the kind of um, because it's such an evocative device to use yeah. um, that really kind of kind of draws it out and just lovely and singable so it's a lovely melody now the thing i just wondered i suppose on that that modulation section was what happens is we modulate but then we just repeat exactly effectively exactly the same melody although it just just very slight towards the end to get us back into the key we're in and i just thought if you're going to do the modulation what about just being a little bit bolder and starting there but then just lifting it up a harmony on what you had originally or just going in the opposite direction for a moment and coming back. So you really you really draw that bit out. Because I think the modulation is so cleverly done, it's got a very natural feel to it. Yeah. Um, I'd love to just see a slightly varied tune which just lifts, just in pitch, lifts a little bit there just to, okay. to, to give that a little bit of a little bit of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my one in terms of developing it would be the last line of each verse. Um, yeah. You've you've written a comment here uh, on our notes, Joel, about could we get a pause in here, you know, after the such glory. Yeah. God saw that it was good. And I think that's right. But I also started to question the use of the word good because obviously that's from Genesis. Yeah. And so, you know, I can see why she's used it. But actually, I'm not sure that the word good bears repeating three times because good is such a, you know, vanilla word. It is vanilla, isn't it? Yeah. And she ends up having to... To, to rhyme like water and wood yeah took what we could be understood i'm not sure it's a good idea but in practice i'm not quite sure that it works so i wonder if in having a kind of a real kind of killer last line yeah you could just go back to the drawing board a little bit and go what would really round this off each for each of the each of the verses and maybe god saying that it was good and it is good and it will be good is is not quite enough all right sam hargreaves i want to hear your song oh gosh okay this has been through a lot of (laughs) not major (laughs) variations but a lot of sort of minor variations yeah uh but i i haven't really heard much from you joel so i'm i'm ready for a joel i've been it's just taken me so long to write what i need to say about it that (laughs) (laughs) be better to issue it as one verbal tirade (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not at all, my friend. I'm looking forward to this. Okay. Gazing up to the furthest planets, to the countless shining stars, could it be that the God who made them loves us with all our scars? Looking out at the fields of flowers and the birds that fill the sky. Angels reminding us not to worry Our Father, He will provide Open our eyes to see what's around us All of creation reveals who you are Open our hearts, let nature astound us All of creation Looking out to the fruitful harvest Yet the workers are so few God, you're calling us as your people To kingdom work with you Peering down at the seeds we've planted Buried deep beneath the 
Well done, Sam. Great work. Uh, we're, <laughs> uh, we're share, I think we said this line last time. We're sharing a Google Doc. So as Sam is singing, I'm going through it, highlighting different bits, just so I can yeah. remember to say something about them. And at one point, I pressed the wrong button and just highlighted the whole song. Highlighted the whole lot. I was <laughs> like, I okay. Sam must be starting to panic. That's oh, a hint. <laughs> I should have just just deleted <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't. However, it's a good song, but it would have been funny. I wish I had. Um, I'd like to see how long you'd have carried on while I was desperately trying to retype it, write my own words, improving words. Could have been useful, actually. I might have typed what I think it is, and um, yeah, it'd be an interesting exercise. Anyway, great, great job. So, Sam, you um, you took this challenge of. Um, Basically, Jesus talks in parables, often just using the created world, nature, and as an illustration of what God is like, yeah, um, and what the kingdom is like, and all these kind of things. Um, brilliant, great stuff. And so, and I know you've worked on this. Cause I know this is something like version nine. So I've seen various <coughs> versions along the way. Um, so here you go. Do you want to know what I think? Yes, please. Do you just? I mean, do you want me to dive into the negative yeah, stuff, or do you want me to dress gl- you with gloves, gloves off? Gloves pretty off. words. <laughs> okay. I think. This is so. One thing is, this is quite hard when you when somebody shares a song with you and you hear it a couple of times, sing it with them, they go off and work on it, and they bring it back, and it sounds different. Is you can't help but think, oh, well, you've ruined it. It's not as good as the version I knew. <laughs> and then you get used to that when they go off and work out, and again they bring it back and say, oh, what have you done? So that I mean, watch out for that. The rest of you, when you when you're doing your critiquing thing, when you bring your new version, at least fifty percent of the people will say, regardless of whether it's better, yeah. I don't like that as much. That doesn't go how it used to. Because yeah. we're just so resistant to change, so there's an element of that. But I think, um, yeah, I like I, I like this kind of feel because I know you've bounced around different kinds of feels a bit, trying to find trying to find where it goes. You've got this motif of gazing, looking, opening your eyes. This, that's the the kind of the thing that that works its way through the whole through the whole thing. I guess that um, musically, the two lines that stand out for me in the verse are, are, are lines four and eight. Um, so you got gazing up. Let's see you an F, aren't you? Gazing up to the farthest planets, doing out to countless stars. So I get a little bit that that countless always surprises me because because you're starting a similar way and because an yeah. A minor fits so neatly into an F major, I'm mm. expecting you to sing the same note. Gazing up to the farthest planets, countless shining stars. Could it be that the God who made them? And then this one loves us. I just wonder whether you're trying to fit too much in that line. So, because what happens is obviously you, you then lose the you lose the upbeat. So that can be a little confusion because it's like, do I sing loves us or loves us or um, could you should you be? And I think the same with the the end of the verse. Should you actually reduce that just down into one phrase? That doesn't have two halves, 
Could it yeah. be that the God who loves us Who made them Love so da-da yeah. So I guess, like I was saying a minute ago, just that little bit of space in the same. It should us not to worry. God will provide. That sort of thing. I think that might might just balance the thing a little bit more, rather than feeling like you need a kind of sense of variation, which you've done by kind of changing the melody and the and where you place the words. Mm. But actually, I would. Perhaps just slightly change the length and the shape of the of the line, just so you got one. Essentially, it's one thing rather than two clauses in there. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fair enough. My other question, though, the big picture yeah. is, yeah. I really felt like I ought to get to, oh, and we screwed this, yeah, up by by verse three, and yeah. I'm just aware that every song, you know, that I've seen, or, no, not every song, but most of the songs have a point when it goes. Oh, and we've screwed it up. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, on one level, it feels to me like we're obviously got a, a real gap of songs that admit any kind of fault in terms of, you know, not caring for creation. Yeah. But I think I would feel weird about the song if it didn't mention that at all. But I wonder if we'll get a whole bunch of songs that essentially say the same thing. So yeah, okay. So I think Sam, I think you're right there. I don't think you have to go there because I don't think that is the crux of the song. The song no. is about wow, look at the way nature reveals God, and not just kind of shows us that he exists, but actually teaches us about him. And mm. I, I was just kind of thinking, there's a sense in which it's, it's a song about sacred revelation through 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 nature isn't it and this idea i was even thinking can you sing the word revelation to do that because that's, that's mm. what it is and there's a kind of there's a sense maybe what you might say is we're 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 silencing your revelation through our actions so you still yeah. keep it connected to that idea of look at the way the way that we treat nature is almost as if we're we're closing our ears to not yeah. hear and closing our eyes to not see that you're there and, and actually maybe something of that Maybe you can't. Maybe it confuses it too much. But you're talking about seeing, but actually there's a sense in which creation speaks to us. It speaks to us um, through what we see and through what we experience of it. Mm. Um, Thanks, mate. It's my turn. For the beauty of creation Lord, we offer you our praise Privilege of living in this world that you have made. We have heard your evil mandate, but confess that we have strayed. For we claim to be its rulers. We treat it as a slave. What a wonderful world! What a wonderful world you made. What a wonderful world! What a wonderful Plastic in the ocean to the mountain sides waste. Maybe we should lift that melody, I think. Yeah. Every stain of our pollution shows our ignorance of grace. For we scorn your gifts are plenty. We plunder what you gave And in selfishness we ruin The very world you came to save
With the conflict in our souls For we hear of coming chaos But believe you're in control us from our slumber for the sake of this your world will you spur us into action till creation is That's the way it goes. Leo! It's like, it's like repeat to fade. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> That's excellent. Thank you very much. I think it's really good. I think you, when you said about maybe we should lift the second line, I think that's right. Yeah. For the beauty of creation, Lord, we offer you our praise. Or something that kind yeah. of otherwise is a bit too down there. Yeah. Um, you could tell I didn't actually know the tune to several bits, couldn't you? Yeah. So I did yeah. them differently every time. Which tells me something. I'm <laughs> interested in what you think. Yeah, I mean, I think you just—it's really a tweaky thing. I, I guess the one thing I, I wonder is whether the gaps between each line are feel quite long. Yeah. For a congregation, for the beauty of creation. Pause, pause, pause. Lord, we offer you our praise. I think a congregation is not necessarily used to that amount of pause. Um, I don't know whether you can extend anything. For the beauty of creation, Lord, we offer you our praise. For the beauty of living. Something like yeah, that. That's that a would, thought, isn't it? That yeah. would kind of just stretch, stretch this um, odd numbered lines out. And whether, I don't know, if you tried in five and six pushing the rhythm to a different place go on no what what key are you in uh d for the privilege of living in this world that you have made we have heard you read and mandate that's not very good but but confess that we have straight do you know what i mean like yeah at some point just really wreck your lovely order it'd have to be strong yeah i mean i'm sort of I, t- I tell you where i am on it i'm not i feel i've worked quite hard on these words for for a while i've had these kind of brewing for a bit which is partly why i introduced the challenge um and been working on i still kind of feel like i don't know it, i feel like the tune is all right it doesn't really grab me and one option is just to shunt the whole thing Rather than have do, 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 doom, like we've got yeah. seven upbeats or something on the way in, it could be for the beauty of creation, Lord, we offer you our praise for the privilege of living this world that you have made. Yeah, you could do that. But that's just a more sensible structure, and that gets rid of the pauses. Or I mean, not that I don't know about that tune, but for the beauty of creation lord we offer you our praise oh it's nice keep going for the privilege of living in this world that you have it's a bit sort of getty talent isn't it but it's a little bit getty it, yeah this is what i've i mean you've probably done this as well this is what i've done with my song is i've because it, we've written them both in quite a strong meter yeah you end up then with virtually unlimited options as to yeah. you know and 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 I guess it's good just to keep playing around and around and finding what really works. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think I think you're right that it's possibly not quite there yet. It's it is beautiful in a kind of quite melancholic way. Yeah. Um I guess you just need to decide whether you you're happy to to land there or whether you want it to be slightly more um hymn like 
The 12 song challenge for November is as follows. Da, 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 da. One verse wonders. One verse wonders. <laughs> Would you like to know what a one verse wonder is, Sam? Please do. You could probably guess from the song that we've looked at already today. It is a song that has only one verse, <laughs> one stanza, a chorus, one set of lines, nothing else. <laughs> um, it, uh, so there you go. What it is not is a round with several different layers. Oh, what? I know. I love what a round. What it is not, I love a round too. What it is not is a sneaky verse and chorus just by writing a really long one verse. Yeah. <laughs> um, what it is is probably around four, six, maybe a maximum of eight lines. Uh, we've and, got some examples in a minute, but... Uh, and is it also not the same thing, but you slightly tweak it? So like, in my life, Lord, in my work, Lord. Yeah, that's, can't have that. That's can't not have that. Okay. It's not a one okay. verse wonder. No, okay. it's got to be a single that you've got to express in the space of... I mean, I'm recommending four lines, but you could probably stretch it a little bit. But you've got to express in that everything you need to say. Yeah. And that is it. So it is a contrast to what we've everything seen that you and I have October. ever written. Yeah, absolutely. Because we, well, it's true. We just get we get going, don't we? Yeah. Um, we have other friends in our resound team who, my goodness, they get going too. Before you know it, we've written every word there is in one song. So it's it's actually quite tricky. But I hope it'll be a, a, a sort of, in some respects, a kind of breath of fresh air after wrestling. Um, and we've seen a lot of wrestling expressed in the lyrics in this last um, um, one. So I'm going to give you some tips for how you might approach this and then just pull out one or two examples that kind of highlight one or two of those things. Uh, the first is think simple. And I would just, when you say think simple, think what is good about simple? How does simple actually, how can that help us in our worship and in our relationship with God and, and in our expression? So just kind of give that a bit of thought. What is good about simple and work from there rather than just to kind of assume it means naive or, um, you know, dumbed down or other stuff. The second is don't try and say too much, just enough. So you're just trying to find a thing. You want to say a thing. Um, the third is think about how it will be used and try and write it. I think it'd be helpful to write for that moment. So is it a sort of uh, the kind of a cappella 70s chorus that will just get started from among the congregation? We'll all sing in harmony. Is it a uh, a thing that will always come after the confession? Is it a thing which uh, might intersperse prayers? Is it a floating tag? Which I think is a sort of... In the olden days of hymn writing, they used to have a thing called a floating stanza. Have you come across that, oh. Sam? No. A floating, so a classic floating stanza is at the end of... Well, I'll give you two. One is the doxology. Praise yep. God from whom all blessings flow. That's a floating stanza, which is basically... Okay. We got to the end. Let's have a praise verse. And um, you, you plug. The, also, at the end of Amazing Grace, um, when we've been there ten thousand years, that's a floating stanza. Um, apparently, wasn't there huh. on the original version. It used to end with the earth will soon dissolve like snow and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is why in that Tomlin version, that's where they go because they, huh. they, you know, they stick to um, John Newton's original. But huh. that's a floating stanza, and they just kind of kick around as a how do we end this on praise? So it could be that, but in these days we have something probably more like a floating tag often crops up, doesn't it, in worship? Which is a we've got to the end of a song, we're going to sing this floating tag, which can kind of go on the end of lots of different songs, yeah, and is a nice way to round it off. Um, yeah, give an example in a minute. Um, I, I think it's really important to not think that um, only only writing a little bit is easy or is an excuse for kind of simplistic writing mm. um so i think oh, what i would say is pick the thing you want to say so you choose what you want to say what is the, what is this song going to say it's going to be a simple thought and then sit there and just write a dozen sentences which express that thought but using different words just churn them out get them you know get your brain going off in different directions trying to find words and expressions and phrases and and poetry because you're going to express one simple thing probably and you're going to have to be very um concise with your language but that can lead you to the most poetic language mm. often when you're verbose you lose poetry because you you, you don't have to be poetic you can yeah. just use all the words that you want um you probably only get to use one rhyme in it in your rhyme scheme or you might get a, a couple of rhymes but more or less you're going to get a couple of words that rhyme possibly at the ends of line two and four so i would say think really carefully before you i think really care what are the really good words on this particular theme which ones rhyme choose your rhymes well because mm. you only get to use one and if you get a really good one it will make the song great mm. i would say um 
another suggestion i think there's something which is about saying okay i want to express a really simple thing but i need to unlock the whole reserves of my imagination and my knowledge and my vocabulary and so on and one way of doing it is that exercise where you just say okay what is the theme and you put a pen on a piece of paper you set a time for five minutes and you just start to write yeah just start writing my theme today is this i'm doing it because it makes me think about this and when you do that theme it's the way god has turned us all into and you just keep on writing and it, it's like an exercise. It's like oily, oiling the cogs for it. The various things you can do. And then the kind of, in some respects, the opposite to various things that I've just said is just improvise, improvise, improvise. Um, set a tape recorder. We don't have tape recorders anymore, do we? Mobile phone. Um, <laughs> just record yourself improvising a whole load of stuff. And then listen back and pick something out. Pick something and see what's there. But then loop back. Go through some of these other things. Then still explore some of the vocabulary. Um, things that you might use those are my top tips for writing and write a sophisticated yet effortless melody like Jacques Bottier like Jacques Bottier would do so as an example we thought this is a bit of a floating stanza uh, floating tag I can't remember if this came from a song or not but yeah, the yeah it, um, it does does come which from one? What? Yeah, the rich. Is it rich? When Mons? he rolls up his sleeves he ain't just putting on the ritz it's basically kind of unsingable by a congregation Really? Yeah. I've never heard it. It's oh, a good song. It's a good song. Let's put it, we'll put it on the show notes. We'll put Let's a link to Spotify and we'll all listen. Uh, but it's the, Our God is an awesome God. He reigns in heaven above with wisdom, power and love. Our God is an awesome God. I can't sing that without an American accent. God. God, God just doesn't sound good enough. Um, that, that is an example of one or another one, which is what's... So sometimes these are, they're like the choruses. You might have these already, actually. You might have a chorus that you never really... You've never been able to turn into a song. Maybe it's supposed to be a floating stanza, a floating tag. Another one is that one from, um, I think it's from Hillsong, The Stand. And um, again, it's a it's a full song, but what's caught on is the I stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who paid it all. I stand, my soul, Lord, do you surrender all I am? Is, is it am or have? All I have is yours. All I am is yours. Um, those are two two examples of things. They're only four lines, but you sing round and round again in worship, don't you? And they often come at the end of something. They're kind of picking up that moment of worship um, because they're like a they're just like the, the floating stanza. They're a, a final expression, a doxology, a cry of praise. And what's really interesting about those two is they both start on chord four. And when you start stuff on chord mm. four, it has you just instantly introduce momentum yeah if you start on chord one you have to develop momentum and actually if you start on chord five or six it's it's similar um but when you start on chord four or chord two you you're 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 moving from the mm. onset and that can be mm. quite good with a short song not all of them but when you're doing it short is to have that and it it takes you on a journey because it has to take you on some kind of musical journey it's not going to take you on a very long lyrical journey um but we're going to try and fit in a bit of a musical journey and then the other example classic would be um spirit of the living god fall afresh on me um which is this is more in that kind of oh, i don't know exactly when this is from i should have checked but that kind of 70s choruses kind yeah. of thing isn't it is e everson somebody dan everson or someone everson um if I, if I didn't have such a noisy keyboard i would google it while <laughs> i'm talking <laughs> um Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Um, let's, let's make up the key. Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Now there are two different versions here, but the one we always sing was Fill me anew. Fill me. Fill me. <laughs> <laughs> Fill me a new spirit of the Lord for the fresh on me. How, how oh, many yeah. people have how many people have improvised that in the middle of worship and have exactly the same problem that you God's did? Like, like, what, is that, what is that chord? What is that chord? I was thinking, I know it's going to a B7, so oh no, it's not oh it's an A. <laughs> yeah, sorry everyone. Oh, I'm a pro. Let's leave that in. Um so that's another great example. Again, repeated a lyric, Spirit of the Living God, fall, Spirit of the Living God, Spirit, fall afresh on me. It's in there a number of times. So there's repetition. There's one basic thought, which is Spirit of the Lord, fall afresh on me. 
and then re-expressed as a fill me a new, fill me a new, which is basically just essentially saying the same thing, mm. but just in a slight, slightly different words, returning to the first idea. So it's a kind of, it's an AABA, if you like, in terms of its language, but it moves, it develops throughout. As you could see, I got lost because I, because I was trying to follow the development. Um, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. There's a little modulation, but now, well, we can't stop there. We've got to keep going. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I think that that's a key thing. So, uh, in all of these ones we've seen, I think it's this. There's a bit of a musical journey through it. Either you start you start by giving it momentum by starting on a chord four or something, which is quite a sort of a weak chord and needs to go somewhere. Mm. Or you can start on chord one or six, but as you go through. Don't close it off halfway through because the whole thing has got to have a shape to itself because there's nothing else. It's got nothing else to work with. It's got to work yeah. with itself. Yeah, that's good. That's the end of podcast number 46. So do get in touch with us on email, podcast at resoundworship.org, Twitter at resoundworship, Facebook forward slash resoundworship.org or carrier pigeon. And all that remains is for me to introduce our featured song of the month, which this time is Mary Rides, Jesus is With Us by Chris Juby. It's an infectious, lively, all-age Christmas song, which also has a fantastic toilet roll animated video to go with it. If we'll play the song at the end of this. Um, go and check it out because you could be brilliant for your um, all-age or kid service or crib service or other stuff that you're going to do this Christmas. Sam, it's been great to see you. Yeah, good to see you, mate. Uh, uh, it's bye from me. Take care. Bye. Before the